Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. The only podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Lightworker Gami, Quantum Leech, a Baby Max, the god of your Chris Radnorock, Big Dick Grayson Energy. I can't even, but let me do it again. Big Dick Grayson Energy, Black Black Goliath, Yolo Baggins. Lando Californication, <laughs> the ghost in the shell toe, Doctor Whose Man's is this? I'm just gonna leave it there because I'm just doing myself a disservice with my own AKAs. So let me introduce my co-host. Tatiana <laughs> Jones that doesn't have any new AKAs, but I'll say my best ones right now. The Grand Duchess of Tech, a.k.a. Edward Scissorhands, a.k.a. Princess Preach, a.k.a. Dame Diner Dash, a.k.a. Victoria's Secret Wars, a.k.a. Queen of the Amazons Prime subscription, a.k.a. V for Def Gem Vendetta, a.k.a. Stone Cold Steve Flawson, a.k.a. Gem and the Hollow Fam. Mm, very nice, very nice. And sitting in the third seat, as always, is. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. <laughs> oh, no. It is Jeff J, a.k.a. Miles Morassets, a.k.a. Shaka Hulu, a.k.a. Earth, Wind, and Firestorm. Oh, I got more. A.k.a. Yeah, Bagger Vance Astro, a.k.a. LaVar Bourbon, a.k.a. Legion and Juice, <laughs> a.k.a. Fax the Destroyer, a.k.a. Neil Deadass Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm back. You win. Okay, okay, okay. You gotta, you gotta okay. give him some like uh, celebration <laughs> music right there. <laughs> give him the, get that Final Fantasy oh. win music. Okay. <laughs> I'm jumping. I'm not mad right at those. Up. I'm not mad at those at all, right there. So as you see, folks, this is Fan Bros Show for all nerds. Like I said before, the only podcast where we discuss geek culture from a perspective color all that good stuff make sure you're subscribed you know as you see we are all shining on youtube right now so you know make sure you hit that subscribe button right there below there you know hit that <laughs> love yeah, you, 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 you love like the hands this. the hands right there like the you know it's like some type of way the hands yeah, good hands right there. I, I gotta remember that some of you guys are only listening and that means you have to also watch us too because we out here doing the most and you're missing all of this comedy right now. If you're not watching, you got to subscribe to Fan Bros TV on YouTube. Pretty much, pretty much. You know, we looking good. I mean, speaking of looking good, though, Tatiana, you know, I mean, let's just, oh. you know, come on now. We can't, we can't oh. start the show without talking about this. Let's, you know, I, I, you let's know. hear it, Oprah Slim Free. Let's hear it. Um, <laughs> so a thing I did came out. I did a project with Netflix, specifically with Strong Black Lead, which is their brand that tries to uh, put the, um, uh, the, the really the, the the strong black leads in Netflix out in the forefront. So all the the major faces that you see in things like Luke Cage. Um, Dear white people, orange is a new black. Like, like a few, like about a, I don't know, a month back, you guys probably saw a few videos come out from them where they were talking about 
um, the importance of black people in the culture and in, in the industry, in the film industry, TV industry. So they have a show called What Had Happened Was. And basically it's like their after show for uh, their original um project so there was one for dear white people and there was one for luke cage and as you know luke cage came out a few weeks ago and this has been cooking for a while but i'm happy to now report and i'm free from the chains of the nda that i can now say that myself and my good friend jumped for joy we were featured alongside uh, some of the stars from Luke Cage, and we had a few conversations about some major topics that affect us in life in general. So the first one is out now. It talks about um, black women and how we you know, perceive or how we show our pain um, or the fact that whether it's even shown at all in TV. And uh, it's a great conversation. You can find it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and pretty much just oh to, uh, did I say YouTube Facebook Twitter oh on IG too so look it up it's called what had happened was it's from Netflix um also strong black lead and um there's going to be more episodes so stay tuned oh I don't think you're really bigging that up enough you know you had Simone missing <laughs> you know you had all these stars yes you know like yes let, let, yes. let me give you well I, like I said I still don't think I could talk about the ones that aren't out yet but the one that came out uh Simone Missick and Gabrielle Dennis, along with myself and Joy, both Gabrielle and Simone are HU alum, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Here we I go. Know, I mean, by yep. that, you mean Howard University alum. There's only one HU, so the other one's HIU, so I, just FYI in case you I mean, Hostra may beg to differ. I'm just, I'm just saying. Ain't nobody <laughs> <know. laughs> what, 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 what? This is HBCU, okay? What? It don't matter, even if it wasn't. There's only one HU. I mean, but I'm saying no one, no one calls Hofstra They call it Hofstra, but HU is, is for the heads. You know what I'm saying? It's for the heads. You know what I'm saying? Really? You know what I mean? Really? A little bit. Really? No. Big, up, big ups to everybody who wants the Hofstra. <laughs> that means me. <laughs> that means me. They're talking H-U about H-U me. But does nah, not honestly, mean you got to bring some more energy with that talk. Yo, hold on. Yo, if y'all don't know, y'all better get in the know. Strong back lead dropped on Twitter. They got a lot of names. Joy got to let me hold $20 because she's doing too much in the industry right now. She hosting uh, panels on both coasts. All I saw was we didn't even know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, all we got was we got the same IG stories y'all did. We didn't even get the full (laughs) gambit. That's how top secret. That's how much the pockets is laced right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, the pockets are not laced. Okay, let me not blow her up because, you know, I'm trying to get this light bill paid. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's doing all right. You know, fan bros, we out here hosting style. You know what I'm saying? When you see us in the street, just give us the black person head nod. And, and, and keep it moving because we don't like too many pictures. Only when she allows it so that she can get her boomerangs popping because you know she like her boomerangs. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? But Jeff. seriously, no, we real proud of you. You know what I mean? We real proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. So please, everybody, uh, as Jeff said, um, we, we've already retweeted some of that, but we're going to post some clips from it. Obviously, you'll see the clips on the Netflix and the Strong Black Lead accounts. Uh Definitely support and let Netflix Strongback Lead know how you feel about the videos. The feedback is probably the most important. They need to see that people are engaging with this and whether or not you guys enjoy the conversation and what have you. Like I said, there's going to be more coming. So this is just the beginning. And, you know, speaking of Strong Black Lead and Netflix, Luke Cage. Yes. The late-ass fan bro show review. <laughs> you know, I mean, I... I, first of all, let me just say this off the bat. I love all the listeners, but when y'all email me, you know, two days after the show <laughs> drop, 
and talk about things that happened in the last episode that I didn't even figure out till I got to the last episode. Is it is this gonna be is this gonna yeah. be a spoiler review, or is this gonna be just a general? Because um, it's been so like what three had weeks. happened was <laughs> oh I had a long week, guys. I'm I'm on episode ten. This dude. Why are you so gonna call me this dude? That's how you treat me in front of thousands of people. Wow. <laughs> Wow! He, tried, he almost had millions that had the backup and said, "I mean, wow! Thousands. Wow! <laughs> hey, you never know. Wow. There's a lot of bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people's bootlegging fan bros, wow. yo! They better be. Wait, fan bros is on the street. They selling them in Harlem. They really sell them in Harlem with DVDs. Yo, we got that fan bros before it came out. Who le- who's leaking it? Who got the Wii transfer link? <laughs> oh my God! Okay, real quick, true Ben. I mean, Hollywood story. Right oh, here. let's go. Okay. Um. Years ago, I did a best of Starface mixtape. All right, this is before even like best of mixtapes were really popping, especially for Southern cats. Nobody was doing anything like this. I mixed it nice, you know, cut it up, all kind of mixes, a lot of Starface. Gave it to Starface, like a friend of mine actually knew him, you know, got it to him. First thing I hear back is, "Yo, Starface, yo, he looking for you, dog. Who the hell is this been? I mean." Woo, woo, woo. Wait, the Scarface? The Scarface? Oh, yeah, you told me about this. The oh, yeah. Scarface looking for me. Woo, 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 woo. Mad as hell. Yikes. Mad. Oh, my God. Yikes. You know, for real, I was so hurt. You know, I ain't make no dollars off it either. That's the other part about it. You know, bootleg out of its mind. Years later, I'm walking down the street in D.C. Cat's like, yo, man, I got this best of Scarface CD, $10. They got my joint with different songs mixed into the mix. Like, the Scarface <laughs> had put out new mixes. So new songs, so they put in them new joints on it. Why was Scarface mad? Because this is before this. Because he's bootlegging his music. Basically, and this, but like, what he, you know, he didn't even listen to it, so he didn't understand it was all cut up and mixed, and it wasn't like you could even get, you know, you still had to go buy his albums to get the whole song. Right. But I was like, you know, playing. This one is this verse. is pre Napster days. Yeah. This is this is not See, even because nah. because that, that, that happened wire. up here too. Because I still remember when Clue. <laughs> Back in the day when Clue dropped, I think it was More Money, More Problems, but like months before it, and he had to like duck Bad Boy for months because he leaked the album. But I'm like, yo, blend tapes and all of that been popping. Scarface just wanted that paper. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even getting it. That's them. the problem. And then the crazy thing is, years later on the Combat Jet show, me and Scarface are chilling after the show, and he starts singing uh, Missing You by the Rolling Stones and the whole crew, Combat, everybody, Dallas, we all sitting there singing and then jamming along. And it's like, you know, full circle. It was, up, it was all ben wasn't like Ben was like, yo, Ben. What's, scar- what's scarier, getting, getting uh, you know, I guess, lambasted by Scarface or by Jay Prince? Ooh, that's a tough one. They both just seem very Prince scary to me. You know, I've never even, like, come within, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, they will probably be on Luke Cage before we see like Dipset. Just I, I mean, <laughs> shit. At this point, we might get Run DMC. Um, oh man, oh, Ben really, they really, they really got Ben. But because I, I had, oh, I had to bring that back because we again with the Luke Cage. So the Luke Cage. So season two, I have to say for me, up until maybe episode six, the shit was trash for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and when I okay, and let me back up because I know Cheo's listening. Let me express myself because I'm just being rude. Yes. The first five to six episode, it read, it didn't hold me to the story at all. In fact, I felt like a lot of it was, a lot of it felt like filler. Some of it felt 
dated. Yes, Cheo hates this, but the dab like really degraded his. I mean, the, the dab really took Luke Cage's swag, cool meter down several and it was levels. Already low. Now, which was already low, and the reason why it's low is because the way I I feel Mike Coulter's energy as Luke Cage, and you can tell that he doesn't really talk like that, and it actually even takes a lot for him to speak like that. Like, like, just be mean and kind of hulking in general when he needs to be. Like, Mike Holt is a really, really nice guy. And, and, and it's kind of hard for him to naturally just be, I guess, gruff. So on the, on the occasions where Luke has to be this gruff character, I, I could tell that he's really trying to get there because that's, that's not natural for him. Um, so I had some exercises in patience with a lot of those Luke scenes because I felt like combined with some of the questionable dialogue in the first half, it bothered me. And so that's, uh, it was to the point where I was feeling sleepy lots of times and I was kind of just slogging through the episodes as opposed to what normally happens with a lot of these Marvel Netflix shows is I, you get that, that buzz where you're like, okay, I got to see the next episode. What's happening now? The, the binge buzz, if you will. I didn't get that the first few episodes. So I, it, it took me a, a while to get through it. However, once I reach again that episode five, six mark, everything turned the fuck up, like dramatically turned the fuck up. Like I, I went from slightly not caring to, whoa, what just happened? What's happening next? The season gave me a lot of what I wanted on the second half, which is usually not I guess common usually is the other way around, especially for Marvel Netflix shows. Usually like it's pretty good at first and then it starts slogging off. I think one thing this show and other Netflix Marvel shows suffer from is having too many episodes. Easily. The Facts. you don't need 13 episodes. Like if you have those six turn up episodes and then like two more, so eight, even nine, I think you would have been perfect. It's just, there was so much setup in the beginning that I just kind of, I was bored. So I, I take away what I said about trash. It wasn't trash. It's just I was very well, bored. I'll say this as somebody. Sorry, Ben. Um, and that's why you have to watch Fan Bros on YouTube because you can see that I can see him about to talk. And then I talked and then I can say sorry. You won't get that <laughs> extra context in audio form. But shout out to our podcast listeners where anywhere where you can catch your digital content via ears. So anyway, um, as someone who's on, I, I think I'm on episode 10 right now. I share Tatiana's sentiment where the first four episodes felt like a chore. Like like you like yeah. these were the Brussels sprouts, the unseasoned <laughs> Brussels sprouts I had to eat to get to the main course. <laughs> For me, episode are you all right, Ben? Don't choke. So it's <laughs> he choked on that water. He said, yo, he started doing Ooh. the heart massage. <laughs> so, mean, Brussels so yo. So no, but listen, because even with the dab, right? I think I said it before. We might have mentioned it. Um, the dab heard around the world. Yeah. Dialogue means something, right? <laughs> the 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 infamous dab. So the dab of dab. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're gonna hate us for it, but you're going to call it dab. We're gonna call it dabble on. Yeah. So <laughs> that didn't stop. That didn't stop. And just for the record, that didn't stop anybody no, from watching no, the show. No, like, I th you're gonna get clowned right. for it. Period. Because it was a clownable and moment. The biggest, the biggest difference that I saw <laughs> starting from episode five was dialogue, man. Like, 
Whoever Yo. started writing from episode five on, because I'm going to assume that 10 through 13 are the same quality as five through nine. Because I'm probably going to watch oh the rest God. today. Even and better. I'm oh, probably even not better, even, I'm probably better. not even at the, the dope stuff, right? Because no, I'm, I'm at the episode, <laughs> I'm at the episode where um, Iron Fist finally comes in. So that's where, Ooh, that's why. I'm okay. In. You're in a, you're in a, that right, means you're in a right. good space, yeah. but it, it's not even so, at the so dopest. So for me, yet. right, whoever wrote from five on, yo, they need to write everything. They need to write okay. everything. So like, for example, like with the, with the, with Dabalon, right? When he hit the dab, <laughs> the dude, um, the, the one of the, uh, he's one of the Goodings, right? <laughs> the dude who looks like uh, O.R. Gooding Jr. should have been like, he oh, should have said something. Because that would have shown that a young boy would have clowned him. First of all, we're not doing the dab in the U.S. at least. We're not doing the dab anymore. And by we, I mean black people. We're not doing the dab anymore in the U.S. And I would have clowned Luke Cage of all people for doing the dab. But everything from <laughs> the jokes to the interactions to the acting, to the to the comfortability that I saw where these people looked like they knew each other and they knew each other over seasons, over Netflix seasons, and that familiarity that they built between the actors with everything, it just exponentially, like it's night and day. Like, like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I would yeah. be watching it right now if we weren't on YouTube. I'd be watching it and sneaking. Like that's how much it, it enticed me to want to watch more to the point where I was like, damn, I hope we push this another week because I want to catch the other four and then give my my total thing. But but yeah, um, yeah. I still say for Netflix, if y'all are going to, if it's contractual or whatever, and y'all going to give us 13 rotted episodes, um, y'all, like, I think Daredevil season two did it best where they broke it up in arcs, yes. just like comics. Every mm -hmm. three or four episodes was an arc. Like Punisher was his own arc. Then um, yep. you know when they after with Electra and all of that, that was like that was like its own. All that stuff was its own arc, and I feel like that's a better way to tell the stories where it's contained and then you go to the next one. That's exactly how we read the comic books. And um, I'd also like our Jamaican listeners to chime in and tell us what you think oh, about yeah. the accents and the dialogue because you know I, I you know I'm only Jamaican when I go I've to heard buy everything. food. So I'm not, I'm not of Jamaican descent. And I, for me, it was more the dialogue than the accents. Like, I think the accents Agreed. were passable. Agreed. But I have never, I grew up in New York City. I'm a native New Yorker. I've never heard a Jamaican call a kid a picnic. I've never, oh, Listen, now, now see, now, see, now, no, I, I have. And that's it. like, that's like. Oh, no, I have. Old school, yeah. classic Maybe Jamaican. Maybe But I, I don't know if the right. younger, like millennial, like I don't know if we've been saying that. And then again, right. we're not Jamaican. So uh, my interactions, to, uh, I have not. Uh, but I have heard that. I have heard, but I've heard it from older right. Jamaicans. So the, the people on the show saying it didn't really bother me. But but towards your greater point, um, from an authenticity standpoint, because I'm not Jamaican, I mean, I have Jamaican people in my family, but because I am not, that's not my daily, I don't speak Patois daily, so I can't tell you whether or not it's 100% authentic. I felt like it ranged the gamut. Like, I could tell the people who actually had some type of background there and the people who didn't, but they had to address, you know, they had to do them, you have to uh, meld into right. that world. Uh, Mustafa Shakir, like, I, I think he did a good job. Now, other people, uh, I've seen on Twitter a lot of people saying, oh, the accents were terrible, but I'm just like... I need people I mean, who come from cultural it, I just backgrounds think it was past, and Caribbean I, accents to talk. Like, yeah, if you're American, yeah. you're telling me a Jamaican accent is terrible. Like, I, I feel you, but I don't, though. 
but I don't. But I don't. You know what I'm saying? And and trust me, as someone of Asian descent who watched Bad Boys 2 and still liked it despite them Haitians in Miami of all places, you couldn't find no Haitians with real Haitian accents of all the places in the world other than Haiti (laughs) and maybe New York. I mean, there literally is a place that's like a little bit. Like, trust me, I'm very sensitive sensitive and empathetic towards um, accent slander. So, Uh. so yeah, yeah. That's like Jason's lyrics for me, because Jason's lyrics supposedly takes place in Third Ward, which is where I'm from. And, you know, I don't like unless I'm really like drunk or around a lot of people from Houston, I don't really sound like it. But they sound nothing like everyone I know. Mm. Like nobody does. Tretch had the best accent. But from uh, Houston? A, yo, it was wow. so crazy to me. The first time I saw Jason Lip. Tretch from Newark, New blew Jersey, my mind from? how much Tretch <laughs> sounded like a dude from Third Ward. Where's Tretch yeah, from? Yeah, Newark, from Newark, New Newark yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Straight up Newark, New Jersey. Yep. But uh, back to Luke Cage, like everyone said, it's to me very slow around the beginning. The dab was terrible. Dabalon. Um, it, it's written episodes, you know, it's more that the episodes were plotted out in a writer's room and then different writers write each episode. But the whole plot is done by the whole team. So Yeah, the plot wasn't the problem. But the plot is probably the pro- is part of the problem because the plot took a lot of time to build up and introduce a lot of people that... But I wouldn't blame that on plot. I would blame that on on timing and dialogue. Like that, that the dialogue come. The dialogue is also the right under now, one umbrella, right? right? Okay. Yeah, but let, yeah, let me yeah. So wait, so when you explain it, because when you say plot, I I'm thinking the the reason why we're here. Yes, not but so how much long does the how do we get up to there. Here, take in terms of episodes, in terms of minutes on screen. Oh. You know, how long does it take for them to do all this introduction of each different character, each different faction mm. of the new enemies? How long does it take for them to build up, you know, Black Mariah, for, you know, with her daughter? All these different things are related to I how see. long they take. And so I don't blame that on any one writer or anything like that. I do say that there was a lot more Sweet Christmas and stuff like that in the early episodes. Why do you say Sweet Christmas okay. so well, much? Sweet Christmas is from the comics. It's like, you know, I get it's, that. But it's also to me, it's one of those like things that should just be left in the past of Luke Cage because yeah. it came about a time when he couldn't curse and stuff. And so that's what the white writers, you know, invented for them to say Sweet Christmas. But yeah. as far as like the whole overarching Luke Cage series, I think that joint is incredible. And shout out to Chael, like we're you know we still want to spoil anything, but it just turns into some wild stuff that I did not expect like, them to ever go there. Yes, wild. And when I say Luke Cage is probably the only series of lately, and this is not a spoiler. This this happens a lot throughout the show, where you somebody somewhere got a gun, and somebody somewhere getting shot point blank. Oh, like. <laughs> Some every I mean, and and you're not and you never expect it. Like it, it, it's the way they frame the scenes. It's something the way people say things for things. When I say I was clutching my pearls on the second half of this of the season, like whoa. But even even beyond that, what like what I'm saying is like what they did with the character of Luke Cage and how it ends from versus where it began to me is something yeah. I just did not expect. I was like, oh, Same. okay, that's where we're going. He, like, oh, he really evolved. They they really and so that's why I have to say like I I don't know what happened the first half but the second half. It, it, it's a world's different and of difference and 
uh, the Luke Cage as a character, including all everyone else around him, like that the entire hemisphere of character is completely grows. Let me make a point there. That could be the point of it too, because where his character goes at the end of the series, there's so I don't think he says "Sweet Christmas" once. You know, and so it's like mm. at the beginning, he's the old school Luke Cage that everybody knows and everybody, you know, and everybody's like, OK, this is going to work. And then he learns throughout the series that he has to make changes and you don't hear that sweet Christmas or anything. And I mean, yeah, I can't spoil it. Like, I can't even compare it to certain comics runs because that would spoil, you know, how this goes. So I don't even want to say anymore. So I, I would it's say so crazy. Though. It kind of mirrors. It's kind of the inverse of season one where season one the first half was dope yep. then we got uh diamondback and yeah. dot 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 that yeah. was that but this it seems like the inverse and the one thing i will say speaking speaking as someone who's who's entering the uh third act you see slowly these changes like luke from episode five on he starts to be more relatable because remember some of the criticism that he got that this dude was heavy respectability politics. Don't call me nigga. Right. Pull up your pants. He was he was yeah. like the uh, <laughs> he was like the conservative black forgot where you came from trope, but still Luke Cage, mm-hmm. which if you read the mm-hmm. comic, the character in the comic, he's he's like that, but he's he becomes way more down or way more like you know, uh, relatable depending on who's writing it. Like David Walker wrote him as a modernized Luke Cage. But if you think about the character from the MCU, he got out of jail. He got framed for something he didn't commit. So he, his image meant everything to him. So he was going to do everything in his power to make Mm -hmm. sure that his image was put in the best light. And then he's trying to clean up Harlem. So his idea of cleaning up Harlem was to be, was to purport this idea of respectability politics being the way that you will be seen in a better light. But I think in this season, he's starting to see that he has to operate in shades of gray. Like Even with the hero for hire shit, he, he was ready to take jobs from people he knew were sketchy. Because you got to still yeah. pay the bills at the end of the day. And think about some of the corporations we work for. Think of the people that we work for. Like, we... Like, there's a lot wait of compromising. Wait for it, Chester. Wait for it. No, no, no. I, 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 I hear you. I mean, you gotta I, I wait hear you. for it. I hear you. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying for me, just just yeah. just speaking on 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 what I saw and just just in general. Um, one thing I will say is, uh, just in terms of where I think the series, like these type of series, can get better. Um, I, if they could cut down the episodes, like Tatiana said, I, I think. I think that would help immensely. Yeah. 10 episodes, get in, get out. Um, I wanted to mention, well, yeah, I, I talked to y'all about it offline because I don't want it to get spoiled and, and whatever because I just don't want, because I because yeah. I know how these happen. Ben going to say something and then I'm, I'm going to run away from the camera like, ah, la, 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 la. But, um, but yeah, uh, so I ask y'all, where do you think it ranks in the MCU Netflix series for y'all? Can I just rank? The no, no, no. Half? In totality, um, my sister. Uh, in totality, um, Daredevil's still my favorite. I'm sorry, it, it's I. I just can't get past season one or two. How both, both of them, both of them, uh, <laughs> both of well, really both of. Right. Um, I which one has which one had the hallway scene? All of them. Season one, right? 
Which one? Both. I'm, I'm not even joking. No, the, 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 the first the, one. The first one. The continuous. Oh, cam, the one the where he was shot. fighting for 40 minutes, and he walked out at the yes. end, and he was like, "That was season one." Okay. <laughs> that man was tired. that one. The second one. Um, I would actually put this Luke Cage up around th- around three, the third or the fourth okay. spot. So both Luke, both because, Daredevils are though. Because of, because of what Ben said though, the fact that they they are taking turns, not turns, but they're they're taking these characters around corners you didn't think mm. they was gonna look around. Like they're really, I, I, and not just that, but they're, they're fleshing it out. And again, I probably don't like the speed at which it was done. I don't, maybe the efficiency of it is what I'm really upset about when I say I didn't like the first half of the season. But that being said, once you get through it, it's just like, holy crap, you're really doing something new. You're really taking uh, a character and, and making them not just this one-sided, this is a good character. Mm. You're, you know, this is person's good. This person's bad. This person, this person, that. You are literally seeing, and, and no pun intended, you're seeing shades of everybody. Right. That's dope. So that's dope. Um, I would probably put it this Luke K season two in like the third or the fourth spot. Um, and then everything it else falls where it behind falls. it. Like 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 Jessica Jones season one again third or fourth spot I and then everything else. Yeah, Iron Fist still at the n- bottom of the chilling bottom. With, chilling with the of the bottom. We got to take a break right here, and I don't want to give my reaction to it because, like I say, Jeff, I feel like you, the until you get to the end, you're not going to understand what we're talking about right. here. And, the, you know, I, I can't even rate it there because that would spoil stuff. So with that, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more fun. Hey, this is Boots Riley. And whenever I'm running through the city, driving through the city, running from the police, turning them corners, trying to figure out how to make my escape, I quickly turn the radio station to the one that plays podcasts so that I could check out the Fan Bros Show. Keep it locked. Welcome back, Internets. I know you're enjoying this episode. For everybody watching and subscribed on YouTube, let me do my hands again because now you can see me. I done came out of the cave. It's bright. Love it. It's beautiful. Look at my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. It's Fan Road Show, the voice of the Urban Geek, all that good stuff. Thank you for listening and subscribing on wherever you can find us at. Just type in Fan Road Show on Google and it comes up all kind of beautiful places. And it's now time for one of my favorite segments on the show. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. The geekly asked questions where we answer each and every one of y'all questions. You can hit us at contact at fanbros.com or on Twitter or on Instagram at fanbros show. You know, just hit us. Whatever you got. I mean, we got a lot tonight. What do we have up first? Up first, we have from Harlini Quinn. They write, hi, what live action TV character or show do you think would work better as a cartoon or comic book graphic novel series? So in reverse. Oh, 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 yeah. oh that threw me off because I was about to say they're already yeah, doing Invincible, which I think I'm really happy that they're not making a live action of Invincible. I'm happy right. that they're doing a cartoon of it. Right, no, but the other way around. So Ooh. something that's live action that you think would actually be better as a cartoon or as a comic book or graphic novel. That's a good one. Yeah. Does it have to be current? No. no. 
right, I got one. Okay, go ahead. Whenever you're ready. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Better oh, as a okay. cartoon? That's a cartoon? I think they would be able to do a lot more. Like, it may lose some of its nostalgic, but by this time, like, when, when I became an adult, they was, like, in cars and shit. So I don't know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and they were, like, ninjas and... And, and I mean, ninjas, ninjas. Um, <laughs> I mean, the show, so, the original show was always cartoony anyway. Right. But I, I think it would, I've just, that was the first one that came came to mind was Power Ooh, Rangers. Um, I got a. So I, I'll say that one for, for first. I'll start off with I that. got a, okay. a super obscure one. Uh, Puppet Master is this really terrible what? series of horror movies that are from like the early 90s, I want to say. They're really what? terrible. But they had a run of comics that were pretty terrible as well, but they were better than the movies. So, you know, it's like that, that because the budgets were so bad on the Puppet Master movies that they probably were better as comics because you have an unlimited budget and the art was nice. So I would go with that one. And anyone who knows about Puppet Master knows what I'm talking about. Shout out to y'all weirdos who watch weird horror films. I like, I have no idea what that is. Yo, it's, now it's, I'm intrigued. I, I don't think I want to know. I'm going to keep you it real. I don't want to know what he's talking about. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Is it bad? I got another one. Yeah. Inhumans. Oh. I think it would have been <laughs> way better as a cartoon, nah, bro. Folks, I mean, come True. On. A lot of people were thought. I that think show. it would have been way, way <laughs> better as a cartoon. <laughs> That's not Listen, a, Medusa's hair would have been looked way it's better. Not a leap. Okay, so I have a question. Was did was True Blood always a no, TV show? Was, it was a did book. it come from yeah. a comic? No, it's a book, book first. It comes from a novel series. Okay, a lot of it should have stayed. Um, well, maybe made that into a graphic novel too, because, like I said, it was cool everything at first, and then it really went yeah, it did. south very quickly. From what I know, from people who love the book series, it left out and changed mad stuff, and so that might be why it turned, mm -hmm. you know, stale. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with changing things. It's just that you gotta do it well. Yeah, they were and they were quite upset. They were not the, like this the the live stuff. action just didn't do a lot of things justice. So I could actually see if maybe the the second half of True Blood just being turned into animation instead. That or even just a, if you want to don't want to animate a graphic novel, I just think it would have been better off. Mm. I think you would have more freedom to do some of the stuff that they could not execute in live action. I think that's a really good question, but it's also one of those things where it's like each yeah, medium, yeah, and each medium has their own benefits, you know, and problems. Like, you know, comics can do certain things that live action TV can't do. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good question for the fan bros, though. We could post that up on our social medias. Definitely. The Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all plural. What's next? Up next comes from uh, Ama Aningo. I'm sorry if I messed up the name, but. What is the best movie or TV series adaptation of fantasy, sci-fi, speculative fiction writing that you've ever seen? Ooh. Such as Game of Thrones, Preacher, American Gods, The Expanse, The Magicians, Handmaiden's Tale, The Handmaid's Tale, The Handmaid's Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale, etc. What adaptations are you looking forward to? Um, for example, Nendi Okorafor and J.K. Uh, Jemisin, N.K. Jemison both have stuff in the chamber. Does Octavia Butler? Oof! I've always wanted a <laughs> Oh my God! Parable of the Sower. 
Oh Dawn of the Sower Tales and a, you know, the whole series, folks. Can we I've, get it I've done? I've said this before and Can I'll say it again. get it done? Adapt Octavia Butler's books. My God. Yeah, that's one of them books that, like, it's right up there with Fahrenheit 451 where it, like, it triggered something in me because it struck such a chord with how close to reality that we lived in right now was to, you know, like parable to sower. Yeah. And it's dark. And that's maybe why I could get me a um <laughs> maybe I could get me a reading list because I like these adaptations, I don't think I've read any book from one of my favorite shows that have been an adaptation. Um I ain't reading none of them Game of Thrones books. Oh the first one's care. really I good. I read that. I heard that's the one that I may revisit. Yep. I heard that one is yeah. amazing. Yeah it is. But it's quick. And it, it, it I, roll right through it. Is it quick? Yeah. yeah. Shouts to Deadly Diva. She, she is the Game of Thrones experts in yes. the other part of our Castle Black podcast. Um, per everything she's told us, like, there's some stuff that they've changed in a live action oh, yeah. that is really horrible. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the book. Yeah. I know the stories of the books and how they've changed stuff. I haven't read them. I've read the first one. But there's some stuff that's debatable whether or not it's good or bad. You know, both cases. Like, there's stuff that they shouldn't have done in a live action that I agree with, and there's stuff they left out that I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm glad they left that out. Um, The best of all time, though, I lost track of Preacher. I love that comic, so I don't really know. Dark Tower, I finally watched it. Um, Did you see the film? Ooh. Oh. Oof. You got indigestion, bro? Laura? <laughs> I you mean, your heart again? <laughs> you got a heart massage? Yeah, you gave no, yourself I mean, a heart speaking massage? Speaking of heart, like, it hurt my soul. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I am begging you Yeesh. for my soul gift. Like, you know, why did y'all do that? Because, <laughs> I mean, like, like, y'all don't understand what these books mean to me. Like, especially the first three of that series are just impeccable. You know, and you could have had one of the illest things. It should have been on HBO series. You know, it should have been a very dark, very adult. And oh my god, yo, that I mean, that movie's terrible. Like Idris Elba couldn't save that for nothing. Yo, and speaking of terrible movies, so is Pacific Rim Uprising, Tatiana. And I cannot believe you like that more. Than I the liked original. it better than the Woo, first. Ooh, it's trash. <laughs> the first is the no. The first is trash. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, yes. it's nowhere near as bad as that second one. No, they're like the second oh, one. They're like I. Your there's so much sword? wrong. Listen, there's so much wrong with both movies, but I I had more fun on the second. I didn't. Um, yeah. you know why? Because I knew to expect more of the same. And the first one, got. I the first one, I thought I was getting some real ass Gundam Evangelion type stuff, and I didn't. And then the second one, I was like, okay, <laughs> I know what I'm about to get, and I got more of it. So I was like, cool. Um, Whatever. Um. Yeah, that's a great question, but I the okay the best I've ever seen. I don't know. Maybe Game of Thrones. Uh, yes, let's say Game of Thrones. I don't have a best I've ever seen. Just that I want them to adapt Octavia Butler's books. Shout out to that first um, season, of, season of American Gods. That's yep. definitely up there. I know a guy that wrote on that show. I do too. I know a couple of them. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next oh, question. Oh, it's going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt, folks. Oh. <laughs> ben, that will always be in your resume. It, um, will. it will. Let's go to the next question. Wildlife and credits. <laughs> Wildlife and Bones writes, one of them has to go. One of them has to go. Taking Wildlife all of their and Bones, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> one of them has to go taking all of their influence. 
The choices are Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston, or Jimi Hendrix. I love uh, uh, no, I was about to I was about to throw some shade, but you know, spell check. Um I fixed it. Yeah, I know. He didn't. <laughs> uh, or they didn't. Uh, yeah, no, I can't answer that question. That's so wildly disrespectful. Like Yeah. Uh, what? It's not but it's one gotta go. Like it's hard choices, bro. Just make a choice. Make, yeah, just make a choice. And that, you know, hmm. every woman should come at me in the world. I know. Oh yeah. 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 Pitchforks and torches. Yeah, but I don't know that's just an easy If you put Janet, I might have had a harder time. Mm. Oh, you're not. So you're saying you're not having a hard time? I mean, I would. So Whitney's easily. What? 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 But would I miss Whitney as much as Prince or Michael or Jimmy? Actually, wait, but but wait, without Jimi Hendrix, you, I mean, wasn't Jimi Hendrix a a, a princess? Well, he's everything. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yes, but he also won a princess inspiration. And and, and there we go. And that is why that question to me is like weird because it's like, it's, you can't have, you know, there's a lineage of, you know, black musicians in America and you can't have one without the other. You know, each thing leads into the next thing. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, if you take out Jimi, you take out, does someone else play the guitar like Jimmy or is Prince then, you know, to me, Prince is actually the best guitarist ever. Like, you know, I would say I'd take out Jimmy, but then you wouldn't have any Prince. Uh, I beg to differ on that. I think that you get inspiration from those greats who come before you. But if that talent is within you, it's going to shine. It may take longer or it may never develop, but those greats that influence you help get you on the path. It's, it's almost like, Jimi Hendrix was the No Explode pre-workout but, to uh, to Prince's regimen. Uh, uh, so but, so I get you on that, but I wouldn't say there wouldn't be any Prince. No, there's not that there wouldn't be any Prince, but on that level, there are certain things that Jimi Hendrix did, and there are certain things that Prince did, Michael Jackson did, all these people did that were not done before them. So if they're not there to do those things, does someone else eventually do it? Is Prince the first to do it? That's what this changes mm. the whole you know, time space continuum when you start messing around with things like this, because yeah. you don't, you know, it's like, does Jimmy was like, I think the first to have the Wawa, if not the first, you know, he does stuff with the Wawa on his guitar. No one had ever done. No one had ever done the star spangled banner. Like he did when he did it. with. I mean, no one, you know, there's until, until he did it. When, when he played the star spangled banner, the way he played it, it's like, no one had ever done a version of that song like that. No one had made that historical moment, you know, cause we're in the middle mm. of Vietnam. It's like all these things change. The world, you know, Prince did a number one hit with When Doves Cry and there's no bass line in it. No one had done no shit like that. You know, everybody right. built songs the same way. He was like, nope, no bass line. What? You know, it, Whitney had a, a pretty memorable. I mean, Whitney is Whitney. Goddamn Houston. You know, there's like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying. saying. You can't take any I, of these people out of this, out of the. It, yeah. You put a, you tell me one got to go and I'm sending Hendrix Ooh. to a. Uh, I'm sending Hendrix out the of there. And this is just for me yeah, personally. This is just for me, me, me personally, because I, you know, I grew up on Whitney Houston and, you know, de facto grew up on Jimi Hendrix and I, I respect everything that he did. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, if besides his historical achievements, I'm not going to predicate what he did to say there, because let's, let's keep it a hundred. Mike and Prince ain't going nowhere. nowhere. Mike and Prince ain't going nowhere. So if you, if you give me the 50, 50, you know, without Jimmy, you don't. I can understand why. I can understand why you say Jimmy. I, I mean, why you say Whitney? I'm just gonna say Jimmy because I I enjoyed Whitney while she was here and and oh, all of her. Oh yeah. So, but 
Like, you know, without I, Jimmy, here's a little you know history. Without Jimmy, you don't have Prince doing all on the Watchtower during the Super Bowl and then dropping into what he he dropped into the Foo Fighters joint. It's like that's what I'm saying. Everything changes. You may get something else though. That's just as impactful. But, what? You know what? He was such a he was such an elite creative that he would have thought of something yeah, if that wasn't no, there. No, no doubt. That's not what I'm saying. It's what I'm saying is like that means that moment in history has changed. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that's just one small yeah. moment. Everything changes if you take right. a while. That's why I say that question is disrespectful. And uh, you know, great question, but you can go. <laughs> and that's why I didn't have any response to the question. I just faded to the yeah. Background. There's no, no. Man, y'all gotta start answering questions, oh, no, man. Answer the tough questions. That's, that's how I answer that. I can't answer. Don't be that. disrespectful. One guy to go. I, I just can't. Man, I mean, we, we have our own. There's I mean, a lot of getting, people you can put out here who can go. But then it wouldn't no, have been but you know why choice. they did that? Because we have disrespectful. One has to go. Yeah, questions all we, the put, time. we put Tariq out there. All four choices. Not Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> And all of them have to there go. We go. All of them have to go. <laughs> well, to this one I so, oh my gosh! You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Power After Hours. There it is. You know, um, all day, every day. Available on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Everywhere. One of these questions, I don't understand what it's saying. Um, five, um, and the other one is way too much going on, so I'm not answering. Like that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like. So, like, so yeah, this one is wild intrusive. Like, <laughs> and, and, for, and, and 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 where did I become the rest of the ga- yo? You know what? No, we're not. Yo, you see how I got put in the in the supporting cast? Oh, man. oh nah, nah, I'm tight. Fuck this question. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. With I got moved up in the credits. Damn it. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about Ex Machina the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the Fan Bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bros Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye bye. Welcome back, Fan Bros. Hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show, the For All Nerds podcast. I can't say that enough. It's for all nerds. Unlike the recent Emmy nominations, which, you know, we haven't covered yet on this show because, honestly, it is the same thing every year on Fan Bros Show. You know, a certain amount of people get nominated, a certain amount of people get overlooked that we all really think should get looked at. You know, you have women like Sandra Oh being the first Asian American woman to be nominated for a lead actress in 2018. 
the first Asian um, actor, ac- Asian actress, um, Sandra. Oh, I believe is actually from Canada. Oh, not even American. I'm not okay, mistaken. cool. Yeah. yeah, she's Canadian. I mean, cool. But, you but know, either way, Asian she's Canadian. The, she's the first Asian actress to be nominated for that. Yeah, in 2018. So it's like, yeah. why, you know, even, you know, we know what's going to happen. Certain people are going to win that we love, and we're going to root for all the people of color, of course. You know, people are going to look nice. But other than that, whatever, whatever, you know. Shout out to everybody nominated, you know, Blackish Atlanta. Win it all, please. You know, take them because y'all deserve it. Especially Blackish, <laughs> man. Ooh, that show turned up so much this season. Like, Oh, which which one? Blackish. I think Atlanta yeah. did too, but Atlanta was already on that level of, you know, just insanely good. While Blackish yeah. this year... Just like I was like, yo, like what are y'all doing over there? Like, you know, y'all putting in that work. I love blackish, love grownish, love like you said, like like the trajectories of all these shows are just incredible. And it's like so many things I wish was out when I was like in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout to Insecure too. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, another one. Yep, yeah. Always. Always, always. Coming back soon. Shout to Mouse Jones. We might have to get men secure up under this, you know little umbrella, you know, the circle of trust, you know. So we, we might have to make some talks on that. Oh, yeah, I met him, I met him recently. Oh, interesting, at the superstar. The, along with Jeff J at the Power premiere. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he was all showed out, probably had on like some type of fur coat in the middle of summer. Oh, no, his clothes was actually worth more than uh, what I've made in 2018. So, you know. yeah, so that's a, that's a star, <laughs> that's an icon, it's a Don. I hope you're listening, Mouse, because you're getting all of this rich talk. All right of it right now. He gave me a pound and it paid off a bill for me. Actually. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I was like, yo, I didn't know a dap was quick pay. You feel me? <laughs> you don't know about the Luke Cage dap. Okay, I'm going to oh, go back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can Double on! Here all night. It wasn't dabalicious. <laughs> Dab's bunny. Come on. Dabamania, running wild. All the titles of this show, right? Yeah, all y'all, we, y'all gonna get y'all gonna get all these titles. <coughs> but anyway, we have another segment that we gotta do, Jeff. You know how we do. See how I just excluded mm-hmm. Tatiana right there. Wow. Oh, yep. Comics wow. Icon. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> I mean, we care, you know. We're just waiting for you to be like, yo, I read this banger this week. What y'all know about this? Well, first of all, okay. y'all gotta send go. me some more bangers as well. True, like true, I haven't, true. I haven't been. I, like I said, I've been all over the place, so I haven't been to the comic book store lately. Mm-hmm. But I also write down your recommendations. I know, like, you believe do. it or not. I know, no, I know you do, and you, you know, you've called and on. Then, you know, you know th- there is such thing as Amazon, so I just could just order based on what you tell me to get. There is. Uh, you still haven't caught up on Wicked and Divine yet. The latest issue dropped a couple weeks ago. I'm actually, I no, just I'm, I'm like two, I'm two books behind. Ooh, it, it's getting bad. Um, yeah. I'm thirty something books behind. Man, it's not that many. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. No, it is. It's like thirty something. I'm talking about the trades. I'm talking about the trades. I'm not talking about the issues. I'm talking about you know. Ew. I talk about it all the time. Wicked and Divine is one of my favorite books of all time. I think it's going to go down in the top three of every comic I've ever read. Pick it up if you're not reading it. If you don't know anything about superheroes and stuff, it's one of those books for you because it has nothing to do with anything else. You can just buy this comic, and that's all you need. But in this week, yo, this book, She Could Fly, by uh, the writer is Christopher Cantwell, and the artist is Martin Morazzo. Colorist is Miroslav Merva. I, I definitely butchered that last one. But She Could Fly is by Dark Horse Comics. Wow. She could fly. She, she could, could fly. fly. Um, 
This one is, it's tough to talk about. Okay, it's about a young teenage, um, a teenage girl who is, she has the um, medical condition known as, I think it's primary obsessive um, OCD, where it's like an extreme version of OCD, where you have insane, well, I won't say insane, you know, they do say that, like very psychopathic uh, thoughts that you can't really get rid of. Or you'll obsess on things that aren't there and see things that aren't there. Mm. And so this young woman has this affliction and she's going through her high school years. She's in a sophomore in high school now. And at the beginning of the book, she's living in Chicago. And in Chicago, people see this woman flying through the air. Okay. And I don't want to spoil more than that because certain things happen. And it seems to be that this is going to be a really ill story with a lot going on. it, But... I'm talking about like when I talk about books like Vision and you know books that just I mean you saying this is on the Vision level. This is on some like yo like it messed with me because I, I I've never been um personally diagnosed with OCD or anything, but I definitely know that I have certain things where you know I obsess over things, and especially when I was a child, even more so. But even into my adult life, and like thoughts, you know, weird thoughts. I, I know that everyone has them and stuff. But it's like, I would have thoughts. I'm like, oh, that's like, oh, you can't act on that, man, you know? And to see it in this book was like, whoa, you know? It's like, I mean, to see somebody way past that, you know, but yeah, this. You mean acting on impulses? Yeah, but at least in the in this issue, she really avoids acting on it, even though there's some crucial. I mean, it's like, uh, it's just one of the books that really messed with me where I was like, whoa, this is something. Like, I really would love to talk to the writer, Christopher Cantwell. He actually is one of the creators of the show um, Halt and Catch Fire on oh. Stars. I think this might be his first comic book, but it is something. Like, whew, like I really want to speak about Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett and Paul Montz. That's another book that you need to catch because that's another one of those ones that is messing me up right now. But this She Could Fly joint, it's just so dope that I just want everyone to run out and pick it up or check it out, you know, because it is... It's something. It's not for everyone. I will say that. It's very dark. There's a lot of dark imagery. It's very. It deals with, you know, mental health in a very straightforward manner. So it might need a trigger warning for people. It, you know, like I say, it messed with me personally. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, it, it's something that, that that's my pick of the week. And, you know, pick of the month right now is definitely going up there. Can't wait to she see where fly. she could fly from Dark Horse. All Comics. right. Oh, oh. Yeah, Jeff, you got anything this week? Yeah, man, I I've read Amazing Spider-Man number I one, the new the new series with Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley, and if this is what we're getting in the new direction, I think Spider-Man fans are going to be very pleased. He started exploring aspects of Spider-Man that I don't want to say have been glossed over, but probably have been less highlighted because they're the common, they're like the core tropes of who Spider-Man slash Peter Parker is. And he starts it off pretty poetic where this Spider-Man is going to be more in his head, painting the picture for you while he's living his life. Um, and, and this one has to deal with like stories and why we tell ourselves stories and going, going off of that narrative of, Stories that he's telling himself, the why, 
and how that carries throughout the entire book. It, it's it's labeled as Back to Basics. That's the name of the first arc. Mm. But it's not so much a ret, it's not a retcon of anything that's happened. Everything still matters. But you you you'll know by the end of the book why why it's called that. Because he he's trying to find himself in a world where Dr. Octopus, if you haven't been reading, you know, whatever, you asked, you're going to get it. Um, post post um, Secret Empire, post losing his body and regaining it back from Dr. Octopus and all of the stuff that he did that, in essence, made his life better, but at what cost, which is ill. And they he also ex, he also examines the Parker Luck, which is he everything his Parker Luck is like Murphy's Law on HGH, and he he gives a great reason why it happens, the why it happens, and it's not so much due to random occurrences. So it's it's aspects of Spider Man like that that really haven't um, been explored, and I I think I see where Nick is going with it. And I'm I'm 100% on board, along with the backstory that they added, which was really integral to what they're telling. Like, it, it's cool. Um, I like the fact that it's modern Spider-Man. Like, if you read the new comic book day Spider-Man book, you know that he's pretty much lost everything. And now he has two roommates in New York, which is real, which is super real for people who are living in Manhattan. <laughs> and this is a dude who was living with his aunt for most of his life, had his own apartment at one point, had a had a shitty apartment and then moved up to like a bigger apartment. He's lived in Avengers Tower. Now he's living in Manhattan with two roommates, one of whom is one of his villains. Can can I offer we, a, a slight disagreement to it? Ooh, sure. Spicy. Yeah, sure. I, I I I will say that I want to see where it goes. But at the same time, I more enjoyed what was done with him before where he became a different character, you know, where it's like now this feels like going back to, you know, old school Spider-Man. Like, you know, uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. You know, Mary Jane appears to be back in his life. And, you know, he's broke again. And he's living with two roommates, like you say, and this and that. And, you know, wah, wah, wah. And... At the same time, I like you like you said, I thought it was very modern. Like the take on it was very modern. But it just felt weird for me for a character who was just a billionaire like five months ago to suddenly be broke and living with two roommates. And I do say the breakdown of how he gets to that point is plausible. It just feels like, you know, stuff that I've seen done before from Spider Man. And that was my one thing where, you know, I wasn't really blown away. But I know that Nick Spencer isn't someone who's just writing one issue. You know, he has a huge, long plot that he's probably planned out already. So I'll wait mm -hmm. and see how it goes. And it does have art by Ryan Otley, the former artist on Invincible. So, you know, that goes without saying. That's one of my favorites ever. And so, you know, but I do say that I, I do feel like, like Jeff said, though, that, you know, people who are fans of that old school Spider-Man are all over it. See, I would, I would contend that it's not old school Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. It's... It's what has been happening. Like, it's very plausible. If you've been reading the book, yep. like, you can see how it, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Like, it happened because it wasn't sustainable. And I think that's the, uh, that's the um, theme of this. Why do we keep coming back to this? Why do you keep being broke? Why do people keep leaving your life? Why do people, why do people hate? Why, why is Spider-Man the annoying dude that when he comes around during the fight, it's like, 
Oh, Disney. yeah, this is yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> this is the franchise of Marvel, and you got a, you got okay, the Defenders looking that. at him like, like, yo, this, we were good. Now Spider Man gonna come. He gonna tell all these jokes while we trying to pay, um, to, uh, to pay attention to stuff. Like, he, but he, you never, you never really stop to think, yo, why do you keep doing this? Why does this keep happening? And I think, I think Nick Spencer is going to offer the why. I like that. And see if this time he's going to replace it. And as far as Ryan Otley, yo, he draws a clean Spider-Man. Bro. He draws a very, bro, I, like, that's bro. like a classic clean, like, Tatiana, he draws a clean Spider-Man. How long have I'm I been talking about it. Invincible? Like, All, like how long time. have I... Ryan Ali is one, since for, since is the dawn a, of time. Dog, you ain't seen nothing to what that dude can do yet. This dude's a monster. Like, so I will ooh. say, I will say, <laughs> I I have to get used to how he draws Aunt May and Mary Jane. His Mary Jane, like the faces ooh, feel sharp. That is a nice Mary Jane Spider Man. Is too reminiscent of his Adam Eve from Invincible to me. That's my problem. Got you. It, like Aunt May and 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 Mary Jane, their faces are very like. Let me create a word, polygonical. Yeah, that's his like style. It, it's like you know what I'm yeah, saying. Like it's style. like, yeah. but if that's his style, like I can get used yeah, to that's it. His style. But it, I feel like everybody, because Peter's drawn that way too. But Peter's always been drawn a variation of mm -hmm. that way. Like other people have smoothed them out. But to see like the po women polygonal. be drawn like that, like yeah, polygonal, polygonal, right? So um, I was close. I got an 85. Just wait for it. Um, wait for it. I'm telling you. Let, let him, but yeah, but yeah him I mean, this is something, all that, yeah. mind you, Invincible is something that I have to catch up on. So so once I once I read that and I get acclimated to his yes. art, I, it should be fine. But but trust me when I say that's that's probably a, 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 a preference thing for mm -hmm. me. But the, the, the heroes and the villains yeah. like that, like you guys got to understand. When I say his Spider-Man is clean, I mean it's just like he was chiseled out of fucking granite. It really is. Like I'm, it's I'm looking through all the art and his yeah. yeah. He's he it's yo, I, that's the only word that could come. It's like an impeccable Spider-Man. Like I, you know, I I've I've seen um Lena Yu, uh see uh, Sarah Pacelli draw Spider-Man. I've seen um I've oh, seen Steve you know Humberto Ramos like like dudes dude even Farland like I've seen Great Spider-Man be be draw Stuart Immerman. Mm. Like like I've seen great Spider-Man be drawn and every other Bagley. artist who touches. Bagley's another one. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. 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 So his is distinct, mm -hmm. which is the best compliment I could give him. It doesn't look it looks like classic Spider-Man. Like if if I was to get a t-shirt, that's the Spider-Man that I would want. Mm. I would want that Spider-Man on a t-shirt. Like that's how clean it looks. So all in all, man, like, you know. It's the flagship book of Spider-Man. It's one of the flagships Marvel has. I think it's in good hands, and I'm, I'm very interested. And it drops twice a week, which, you know, it'll help you get twice acclimated well. I do think, um, yeah, and the thing that they're doing with the renumbering now, which is very smart, is that they, they renumber by volume as the major number and the, the, total, ep, the total number of books under. So it's like 802, Spider-Man number one, and then under 802. Okay. So that way you can keep this is the 800 second book, Amazing Spider-Man book, but this is like volume probably like nine now, volume nine, number one. All right. So that way now it makes it easier to track because you get both numbers on it. And also before we get out of here, we have to talk about this Kickstarter from. Uh, uh, let me get this right. We have a Kickstarter. <laughs> 
Strange Lore by Victor mm-hmm. from the Megasheen Podcast. There we go. Yes, there we our go. very good friends yes. over at Megasheen Podcast. Also a very good podcast uh, led by two queer um, creators of color. Um, Some hilarious Victor, cats over yes. there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Victor created, uh, like I said, this is his Kickstarter where um, it's a strange lore, which is a graphic novel about a young gay man falling for a supernatural being um, that's running from his dark past dark and deadly past uh right now they need forty five hundred dollars to reach their goal they're about halfway there at twenty three hundred dollars and there's as far as when we're recording this today it's eight days left that means we got to really put this in overdrive um i know myself i'm going to be contributing to the project i'll be backing it and if you can you know even it's just a dollar Put in a dollar. If the best you can do is share this project with other people, share the project with other people because uh, we definitely want to make sure that Victor and Nick and everyone at uh, Megasheen really is is getting that uh, the support that they require to really put this out there. You know, lots of you guys are always talking about make new characters and make new stories and all this stuff. Well, here's your chance. Put your money up. Put your money where your mouth is and make it happen. Mm. You know, and it's interesting, will they support a new queer character, you know, if they're not queer themselves? That's always the question I ask around here when they talk about how don't make this character queer because why don't you just make a new character who's queer? Then I ask, you know, how many queer characters have you supported lately? Sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes it's easier and it's like I always say, you know, you only get problems with these changes when it's something that you're upset about. But, you know, shout out to Strange Lore. <laughs> Yeah, you know. yeah. So d- definitely support that again. It's on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Strange Lore, S T R E N G E Lore, L O R E. I really like that. Concept. The, the art looks good yeah. too. The art looks mm-hmm. real nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of art, like the art looks real nice. I flipped through it and it's yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The art is dope. Yeah, and you, I really if, love that concept. Definitely. Yeah. What were you gonna say? No, no, I was gonna disagree with you about the art, like. I like it. Like it, it, you know, that's that's the thing that that just trips me out. Is like we we like as fan bros, we know so many amazing creatives and creators in this space. They also have a podcast, like you said. You see them; they're putting out comic books. Ben, you write, you do all this stuff, but it always comes down to people complaining about stuff that's missing. And it's just like, well, are you gonna put? You gonna are you gonna show up for it? Mm. Are you going? Are to you support gonna look it? for it? Are you gonna look for it? Are you gonna find it? Yeah. You know so I mean? just this is half the reason why we're here. We want to show you about the stuff that you may be missing, and look at this project. Check it out. Again, put some money in. If you don't have the money, share it with others who may have it, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Yo, speaking of speaking of looking for it, um, Shuri's getting a new book. Ah, yes. Shuri is getting her own solo book. It's it, she she yes. has similar style to what in Black Panther. Um, I believe it's coming out soon, uh, but it's been announced. The cover artwork is on it already. Laura Martin's doing the color. Ooh, um, ooh. She was doing that for the the first volume of Black Panther with Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yeah, that um, that released. The, so the new series is gonna just be called Shuri. It's gonna be written by Nendi Okorafor, who we actually mentioned yes. earlier. So you know it's gonna be dope. Um, uh, art is gonna be done. You said Leonardo Romero. No, uh, Laura Martin is the colorist. Laura Martin is the colorist. Is the colorist, but the artist. Well, that sounds wild, racist. She's the colorist. <laughs> She's the colorist here. All right, not me. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh gosh! Um, She's on. Oh, no, color. no, no. Leonardo uh, Leonardo did the art for it for um, Nendi's other book that she did, Black Panther: Long Live the King. But the point is, um, 
this this thing is coming out. I'm really excited of it. This series is going to launch in October. Nice. So yeah. you got some time on it, but still, like, we got to make sure we keep this on the radar. Mm-hmm. Leonardo Romero is, is the artist, and um, I'll go back to what I say every time this happens. Are y'all going to buy the book? Are y'all going to claim that you didn't hear about it? Are you going to claim that Marvel is trying to bury Shuri by not promoting it heavy, <laughs> although we're talking about it three months in advance? There's been nothing but releases as of today, and you're properly informed. Do you go look for the kind of comics that you're looking for? Or are you going to sit on the sideline and bitch? They're being made. They will continue if you support them. If not, they will be canceled. This is the capitalistic world that we live in in the year of our Lord 2018. So deal with it. If you like it, support it. If not, do not complain. Because you're hearing about it. What is it, July 17th? Literally today. 90 days. At least 90 days. At least 90 days. The press release dropped today. So, and you're hearing about it, and and you're time traveling right now, because you're hearing about it. Tomorrow, you're hearing about (laughs) what we're talking about today. So you're doing a little, we are breaking the space-time continuum literally to tell you. We're telling you from the past. This is a time capsule right now. You know, so... If you're interested, cop it. And if it's whack, you don't really have to cop it, but at least give it a chance if that's what you're into, like y'all be saying. This, this show is running a little long right now, but there's just so many like levels to that argument. And we talk about it so much, you know, this whole creating new characters versus changing old characters. And it just bugs me out so much that I'm just like always like just support stuff. You know, like you just said, Jeff, like support the things that you want to see more of. And realize that if you don't buy these comics, single issues, especially when they're these struggling comics that are just, you know, or not even struggling when they're newly launched series, whatever. If you don't buy the single issues, it's never going to get to that big thing. And people, and that's how it works. It's like Invincible was a comic that almost got canceled before it's even fifth issue. And then the sales kept picking up because people started talking about it. And then it ran for 150 issues. There's about to be an animated series from it. There's also a movie in the works. And this is an unknown-ass character. You know, it just starts from PU supporting it at the base level. I agree. I agree, but you got to support it. The S and, Dial S for support. Not S for say you're going to support and you don't do that shit. <laughs> and, uh, you, know you know, as we get out of here, this weekend is San Diego Comic-Con. We won't We're be there. Gonna I wonder who's going to be there. We're not going to be there. <laughs> But do you know uh, who is going to be there? How, how they treat us. I'm going to tell you the, the absolute truth of how we treat us. We're not late on our submissions. We're not late nope. on our applications. We do what we're, exactly what we're supposed to do. And I know it because I do it. Um, and we don't get any response. This is coming from your five-time, five-time, five-time New York Comic Con creators, uh, creatives that are out there in the streets heavy. This is coming from Panelists. your people's. These are probably from your peoples who write in Hollywood. This is coming from your peoples who are uh, up with, with the, the power, the people on power, Mr. You know, the guy over here who's adjusting a light right now. This is coming from somebody. The rest of the gang. The rest of the gang. You come, this is coming <laughs> from people who, you know, work, work, work on projects on Netflix. Now, this is not saying that we all high and mighty and we absolutely need to be there. Now, we, we saying that shit. I'm, we, I'm, we, but but, but, but kind of also saying that shit. Like, <laughs> we put in work. So, um, Anyone you know, who works honest- for San Diego Comic Con, holler at us. You know, you obviously need us I mean, there. If you got all a I'm panel, is, we'll host. I'll fly up. All quick. I'm saying is, all I resp- all I need is a no. Like, tell me no. Just don't don't give me nothing. Don't ghost us. Like, <laughs> we don't. We didn't get anything. We didn't get a yes or a no. We got a nothing. So, 
I am clearly salty about that, but I also I'm like I'm mad. Well, there there is a civil lining. If anybody is owed any money, you can go to San Diego Comic Con oh. and, and go and find that. No. Maybe you get, you know, one rack, two rack, three racks, four racks, maybe even five racks you may find at San Diego Comic Con. Oh if you if you so happen to make that trip. But shout out to all of our, our, our podcast friends that are going out there. I hope you guys do exceptional work and don't rob the community because I know you won't. Um, um but uh yeah. I, I don't get to use the phrase unmitigated gall that much, but <laughs> You know, uh, uh, you know, this is, however, however, <laughs> bro, that's like, that's like me lending you $20 and I see you in the club. You like, yo, man, you want a drink? Yeah, with my money. <laughs> yeah, sure. Get me a drink and put, make it a double. I don't even want ice. I need to drink. I need the whole impact of the drink. Fan pro.